Hello and welcome to the Feminine Millionaire Show. I'm your host, Polly Alexander. I'm a success coach, intuitive healer, and a passionate creative. And I believe that we all have the power to manifest magic and miracles into our life. If creating success in a spiritual, feminine, and joyful way is your goal, this show is for you. You'll understand how to overcome your past, bring your soul's greatest gifts to the world and up-level your income, impact, joy and happiness. Let's all rise together. Hello and welcome to a very special end of year version of the Feminine Millionaire Show podcast. I have a very special guest in conversation with me today. She's actually a dear friend of mine. Her name is Samantha Roberto. I think it's going to be a really eye-opening, honest, inspiring and engaging conversation if our private conversations are anything to go by. So first of all, welcome, Sam. Thank you, Polly. It's so good to be here. I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. Me too. So Samantha is a heart-centered entrepreneur, a master life coach, and host of the Hello Beautiful podcast, who specializes in energetic embodiment, having helped thousands of others to create a life of personal freedom and fulfillment. After a spiritual awakening 10 years ago, Sam walked away from the white picket fence where she once checked all of society's boxes to instead create a life that was in alignment with her soul. This pursuit led her on a journey to traveling to over 80 countries where she not only learned about our external world, but also helped her understand and master the world within. Fascinated by the combination of science and spirituality and motivated by a deep curiosity of evolution and growth, she believes that life is always working out for us even when we think it isn't. She aspires to live an experience rich life and is committed to helping others wake up to themselves and listen to the whispers of their hearts too. Today, through her body of work, she serves as an intuitive guide to help others in their pursuit of holistic living and happiness. How does it feel to hear that? It's so funny that you asked that because when I was listening to you, I was closing my eyes and feeling into it. And I had this thought of the end of your life when someone was to read your eulogy of the life that you wish you lived and what you represented and what you stood for and how you showed up in the world. And as I felt into everything that that represented, my inner voice was just whispering, yes, yes, yes. It felt so good especially because I know personally the difference when I wasn't living in alignment. And it wasn't too long ago where that biography would be a very different version of me. And to have arrived at this place, at this point in my life, I'm just, there's such a peace that comes with it. Feels good. Thank you for asking. Mm, Beautiful. Beautiful. So Sam and I actually met at the start of this year. And we became friends when we were in an online 
mastermind, a business mastermind together. And I just love your energy. I have to say that I love your energy. I love how you show up to life. I love your wisdom. I love your strength. It's been it's been a year this year. <laughs> and I've seen how you've shown up at times in the most challenging of circumstances, but still with so much heart and so much joy and so much presence. And we've shared many a chat back and forth. And I just want to say thank you for coming into my life this year. It's been a joy and it still is a joy to get to know you. The joy is absolutely reciprocated. And I keep saying from that mastermind, my biggest gift was you. <laughs> so like I keep saying that that mastermind was literally worth it because I met you. And, you know, this is the beautiful thing about life is that you never know my Nana would always tell me, you never know what's around the next corner. So keep smiling. Even if it is a hard year, even if you're going through a challenging time, you never know when you're going to, you know, meet a new friend, have a new opportunity, have a new breakthrough. But the difference in whether or not you can catch those moments is whether we're able to keep our heart open, to keep present in the moment. And I feel like with you, it's like it was such a beautiful gift to have gone from January through the whole 2023 sort of side by side, even though we've never physically met, our, our WhatsApp messages have kept me going. And just to have such a sacred and honored space to just let all of the challenging stuff be seen, felt, heard, processed back and forth, it, it really has been one of the biggest gifts for me. Mm, thank you for sharing that. 2023. I'm going to be glad to see the back of you. <laughs> Grateful for the gifts. But wow, it wasn't really the year that I was intending or calling in. There were many unexpected challenges and things that showed up in my field. How was it for you? Pretty much the same. I went into the year, I started with a fresh perspective. I started very open and motivated for really hitting the pavement with projects and different things I had on the go. And it's really funny because with that energy that I had put towards things, it almost like it's like that up level brought on an equal set of challenges to meet that new elevated version of me. So even as I was growing and working behind the scenes in career and, you know, in relationships, like different, those are probably the two areas of my life that were focused, I found that as I stepped into that stretched version, life gave me challenges and triggers to then have to work through at that space. And luckily, in retrospect now, months later, I'm so proud of myself for not seeing those challenges and completely contracting and hitting the brakes and stopping and cutting things off. I was able to take my foot maybe off the gas of going full force and coast through the hard times and just find my peace, be okay with it, learn the lessons that I needed to. But now as we're driving into 2024, I'm like, okay, we're ready for this next level. <laughs> I got the initiations, ready to move forward, convertible top down, pedal to the metal, let's go. Like it was an initiation essentially. How about for you? <laughs> An initiation. I love that word to describe 2023. Lots of contractions, lots of unexpected pieces, lots of going deeper with stories that I already knew. So inner child work came up quite early. I thought I'd done the father wound, but no, apparently there was another level 
It always comes back, eh? Just when you think you're good, it's like another layer comes up for more healing. Right. And so I think this year, actually, it felt to me like I was inwards a lot. I was doing the inner work. I was doing the grieving. Um, and I intuitively was guided to sign up for a course, which was all about death and transformation. And that took me more deeply into the topic. And then, as you know, I've shared with you, it started manifesting symbols of death in the outside world, which was kind of disorientating. People would come up to me in public when I was in LA and want to talk to me about their losses, their grief, what had gone on. And I realized that this was the world mirroring back how I changed and shifted, that I could hold this place of being comfortable with death and with this topic of rebirth. And in some ways that I represented the rebirth, the willingness to go into this, this time of contraction, of falling apart, of death, if you like, and to stay with it, just as you spoke about, to stay with it in order to come out the other side as a new person in many ways. I love that because it, when I think about approaching it that way, when we try to cling on to, let's say, a version of ourselves and we hold on and we're hanging on so tightly, life is going to move. And that's really where we cause so much of our suffering. But in our willingness to actually let go, and let's even say like death of an identity, maybe it's a even a career that you have that no longer is in alignment and you've got to let that go, or a relationship that is no longer the relationship, that letting go and releasing, you just get in such a, a more peaceful place with life. Yet so many of us struggle with that unattachment to what we know in our comfort zone. So I really do feel that to varying degrees and for you to the actual like people coming up to you to speak about physical death, like people transitioning, it's like where we don't realize it, but death is such a pattern in everyday life too, right? It shows us the duality of change. Yeah. And I think that was one of the biggest surprises for me. We've had the pandemic, we've had lockdowns. Before the pandemic, I was living as a digital nomad, spending a few months a year in LA. And when that was taken away, I was longing for it. Oh, if only I could get back to LA, if only I could get back to LA for the last four years, I got back there. And then it's all almost like I wasn't the same person that used to go there. I didn't have the same relationship with the place. It didn't ignite me in the same way. And this was a real shift and totally caught me by surprise because I was still clinging to that old identity of I love LA. Oh, it's perfect for me. It's my place. And then when I got there, I was quite disorientated. First of all, I experienced a real opening up and a wonderful flow. And then it went into this kind of death and this contraction energy. And I realized that I've changed. And I have to embrace that, that what brings me joy and what lights me up and where my flow is, isn't the same. And one of the greatest gifts I got from 
going on a two and a half month trip to LA was actually how much I love Ibiza. I did not see that coming at all. I realized like, oh, this is my place now. This is what ignites me. This is where I'm aligned right now. And I think it's exactly as you said, we have to be willing to let go of old versions of ourselves in order to fully embrace the joy and the magic and the presence that's available for us now. And I love it too, because you keep saying right now, and that's really where the magic lies because it it is your place right now. And, you know, that could evolve, that could change, that could shift. Who knows where you're going to end up? Really in life, anything could be possible. And when we live our lives open to the pure potentiality and the wonderment that is available, that's really when, you know, life will start mirroring that back to you. People often look at me and, and sort of say, like, how are you doing this? How are you living your life this way? And it's it's really that quality of meeting the moment for what it is and having that lens that literally, in my belief system, anything's possible. And right now, Montreal works. Right now, I love coaching. Right now, we're, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so joyful to be here. And through living in that joy and happiness now, it's actually opening up the doors for elevated experiences to come from here. Mm, I love that. I'm curious, what did you let go of in 2023? Do you know what? I didn't even realize that I had let go of it until after a few patterns came up. But what I'm realizing right now in retrospect is that I've let go of a lot of attachment to everything literally to everything. And I'm seeing it through the physical manifestation of stuff. It started in January of last year when Air Canada, I went home for Christmas and I had a little carry-on bag and I wasn't supposed to check it in, but the flight was full. And the last minute they grabbed my carry-on bag and they took it. And I thought, okay, whatever. But it turns out my luggage was then lost with all of my favorite things and actually sentimental, like all family heirlooms as well were in there. So I was quite devastated when it literally disappeared and weeks went by with no sign of where my luggage was. Yet there was a certain letting go. Whereas a couple of years ago, if that would have happened, I would have been in so much more of a frenzy. I would have been pointing fingers. I would have been at the counter screaming and kicking and where's my luggage? You know, like it was completely not my fault, but there was nothing I could do. And I was just okay with that. And then a couple months after that, Burning Man had happened. And, you know, I purchased my ticket through someone else. They had sent me the ticket and it just disappeared. And I had paid for this $1,000 ticket and I was excited to go to the burn. But when it disappeared and it was lost, there was nothing I could do. And I, I just, I let it go. Whereas a couple of years ago, I would have been quite upset. And then the third thing that happened was uh, just in, I was in Miami for Halloween and I actually got my cell phone robbed directly from my little purse. And within five minutes of actually being robbed, I had noticed and I was so relaxed in the moment of like, okay, it's gone. Let me just log on to my Apple iPhone, you know, my iCloud and just report it missing. It's going to be okay. And I didn't let it pull me out of the moment because there I was at this epic a midnight party, amazing DJs, having fun. And I can honestly say that these are more extreme material examples that my old self would have just lost it, would have freaked out, would have you know had that tantrum, would have made it about me, but just let it go. So I really do think that this year I'm seeing the fruits of my commitment to the work 
and my commitment to constantly looking back and using life to work out my triggers, to connect to what's important, to show up in the present moment, heart-centered and open. And I'm the one who's reaping the gifts. Never mind the, those things. If I would have gotten upset about losing all of that, you know what else I would have lost? My peace, my presence in the moment, the amazing memories I could have made. And I realized just how frequently when we get triggered by life circumstances, we automatically go unconscious and the opportunity cost is that. And for me, it's too expensive. Mm. So what's the kind of belief system that's sitting behind being able to process these events in that way? What are the beliefs you're holding? I absolutely believe that everything in life is working out for me. And I think that was the first empowering belief that helped me unlock some of this because it allowed me the space when, quote unquote, bad things would happen and I would feel triggered. It gave me the space to actually explore it from a different lens than just the typical tantrum or reaction or you're right, I'm wrong, and the uproar that used to sort of just unconsciously just take over me. So that was the first one. Everything's working out for me. That gave me the lens to be able to sort of get out, pop out of the pattern and see it from a bit more of a divergent focus, a bit more of a bird's eye view where I could then do some of the work, you know, around what is this triggering? How am I feeling about it? And go more into the body work of it. And through, like I said, the commitment of a couple of years, it's not even that much work. It wasn't even that, it did not take me that long for the change of the life I'm living. It was a very small price to pay <laughs> in order to be at this level and to live this happy and to live in my heart for the rest of my life. Like for me, it's a little bit of a price to pay because it can be uncomfortable owning our triggers. It can be uncomfortable looking ourselves in our bathroom mirror and really facing our, our feelings, our deepest, darkest feelings when those triggers are evoked. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it because you, you can't put any price or any material possession on this feeling of namaste, life's good, we're fine. And at this point, you know, it's something I really stand for in terms of a belief because I know it to be so true within my core. And as somebody who's walked that path step by step, making these conscious decision, decisions along the way, you know, I really just want to be a representation of what's possible for anybody who could want that level of peace, of joy, of love, of presence, of non-reaction, of, you know, being creative with life too. Because one thing we don't realize, and this is another belief that's, you know, important to highlight is that we are always in choice. So whether we choose to approach our triggers, our life, our reactions, our own internal stuff this way, or choose to, I don't want to say avoid it, numb it out, point a finger out, there's still a choice in that. So why not choose to be the master of your emotions and get curious about it so that you're not on that turbulent roller coaster of the ups and downs of life itself? And the irony is the reason we enjoy these possessions or these material things is to make us feel a certain way. So if you can reverse engineer it or have those as optional in how you feel, it's much easier to drop the attachment. 
And they just become that much more enjoyable because you're not outsourcing your happiness to those things. They don't have that hold on you. It really is something that's ignited within. And then all of the other stuff, whether, you know, it's beautiful, because you and I both, and this is something we share, we love beautiful things. Like I love elevated experiences. I love, I love beauty. I love the way clothes feel, how they feel when you put them on or, you know, extravagant experiences. And it's so much more enjoyable when you can connect and sort of have that to accentuate the energy that's already within versus, you know, buying an expensive dress and trying to, you know, wear it, but then not feeling good on the inside. You can feel a difference if the dress is wearing you or you're wearing the dress. And if you do it from the inside out, doesn't matter. You could be literally in a paper bag and people are going to walk into the party and heads are going to turn and they're like, who is that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So one of the, the exercises that I like to do at the end of each year is to look at my firsts because I believe that we feel truly alive when we're always growing, when we're always stepping outside our comfort zone, when we're challenging ourselves to do new things. So. I actually sat down this morning and I'm like, what did I do for the first time this year? So I'm going to share three of my firsts and then I'd love to hear from you. I think one of my biggest highlights was my first time in Colombia. And that came about because I created the space and you'll, you'll resonate with this. A year out, I decided I didn't want to work the beginning of January. So I decided I'm going to create a space and I didn't know what I'd put in it. I didn't have a calling to go anywhere particular. I just knew if I create the space, something will come along. And about six weeks out from the beginning of January, I had a wonderful invitation to go stay with somebody in Colombia. And it was pretty bold to do that. And the universe was mirroring back people telling me how dangerous it was, how I shouldn't go there on my own. Why would I go there? (laughs) And I think it's these times when we need to really connect to our truth and be strong. I was like, no, this feels really exciting and aligned for me. And I know how to keep myself safe. I know how to trust my intuition about where I go and who I go with. And this feels truly aligned. And so Teddy Pom Pom and I went off on this world adventure, which proved to be absolutely magical. I had the most incredible hostess in the most beautiful home, this deep connection with nature, definitely somewhere I've lived in a past life. It was just this incredible rejuvenation to start the year. So that's one of my favorite firsts. I also went to my first open house in LA. I always see them on my favorite TV shows like Million Dollar Listing LA. And I'm like, I'm going to go to an open house of my dream house. And that was super fun. I ended up being the only person there. I ended up having great chats with the agent. And I got, it's a great way for manifesting a dream home when you actually get to walk around it, be in it, feel the vibration and the frequency of it. And then opening up to new experiences. When I was in LA, I went to a ball which is not a traditional ball, but was the New York transgender and drag scene of like the 80s. They started having these balls where they catwalk. This is where voguing came from, where they catwalk and they get judged for their performances. And there was one on in LA 
It was a charity ball, never been to anything like this, never knew anyone that had. And I just got a babysitter for Teddy Pom Pom. I got totally dressed up, had my hair and makeup done and just rocked up on my own. And it was an incredible evening. The vibe was off the charts. I met so many fabulous people. It was the best dressed crowd and just the energy was off the charts. And that's was just doing something that was completely out of my sphere of knowledge, my comfort zone, my experience, and also being willing to do it on my own and not waiting until there was somebody else there. So I think those those are three of my top firsts. What about you? I just want to highlight that because I think it's so important. Oftentimes, like when we speak of our identity, we think we know ourselves, but we know ourselves based on the experiences of our past of what we like and we don't like. And it is so important to immerse yourself in those worlds that you're not really sure about, but you're like, let me just go see and try this on. Because through those type of experiences, you know, you may find out something totally different or totally unique or meet a new friend. Like in your willingness to jump into the unknown in that way, there's so much, it's almost like an accelerated growth and evolution of creativity, of, you know, experiencing, you know, what it is you love, what it is you enjoy. So I really want to highlight that for you. And the other thing that I heard that was really important, that's, I think it's a pattern that comes up when we kind of delve up the courage to take those leaps into those experiences. Columbia, how all of those people were projecting their own fears on, be careful about this, be careful about that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And for you to have just tuned them out and trusted your truth and gone, honestly, it's those moments that reap the best rewards. And way too often we let the influence of the people around us sort of maybe just, even if we let them dim what it is we want to do, it's too expensive again. You know, when we're willing to just close our eyes, plug our ears, listen to our hearts and just go, that's really when adventure and fun and new possibilities can come in. So as you were sharing all of that, I'm like in the background rooting, yes, Polly, yes, Polly, yes, Polly, yes, Polly. Like more people need to listen to their little voice and have the courage to do those, those leaps of faith into new experiences. Because that's really how we learn more about what it is we actually like and don't like. Mm, I totally agree. So for me, I'm trying to think what some of my firsts have been. Um, Well, to kick off the year in January, I had a friend and the beautiful thing about the way that I've lived my life over this past decade is that I've developed the most incredible network of people all around the world who are really, you know, I cannot see them for years, but then we connect and it's just, there's that true friendship there. So to my dear friends who I had traveled with to over like 30 countries all over Asia, she had invited me to Mexico to go build a house, a volunteer job or work. And I'd never done anything like this before. Uh, it was very spontaneous, very last minute, but I felt in my heart that I wanted to, you know, go and give back and be more in service. And we all met in San Diego and we did the, the drive down through the Tijuana border, down the Baja coast. And it was absolutely incredible to see within 48 hours where a group of strangers, essentially there were 17 of us, came together and with our physical hands took this plot of land and built a house for a family in need. And just thinking about that little tiny bit of time and those that little bit of funds, like you know, raising that money, the massive difference and impact that it could make generationally for this family. 
it touched a part within my soul that I was just in complete awe. And it just sort of gave me a feeling of the point of all of this. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in the busyness of our own worlds, but it's so much more fulfilling when we can actually help and be a giver and use our whatever we can to to really be in service to others. So that was the first one. That was my first time. And I would absolutely recommend if you're ever called for in any element of service or helping to do it, because we say like givings for other people, but really it's just like the feeling that you get from it. It's for me quite fulfilling. The second, I'm going to piggyback off of you. I was in LA after that trip and my friend Natalia and I were like, there was a fun open house happening in uh, somewhere in the Hollywood Hills. And we pulled in, we're like, let's go check it out. My background was in real estate and it'd been a couple of years since I've been through an open house. So to have actually gone through back into like one of my old worlds, which I love so much and experience it through the California homes. It was just, like you said, there's something even with the power of visualization and manifestation and being in that elevated space that was so fun. It was so fun. And there was something too, it's like, I find when you go into open houses, you kind of get a peek into other people's homes, their worlds, their creativity. It again, it ins- it's, I find it, you know, quite inspiring. So that was a fun Sunday afternoon that we did. And then the third one, I went to a Dr. Joe Dispenza retreat this past November. And it's not the first time that I had gone to his retreat. I had been to two other ones four years ago, but I went with my ex at the time. And this time for this one week-long experience, yeah, I had gone through a little bit of a health scare completely out of the blue that sort of had me stopped in my tracks. I was in the hospital for four different times for 40 hours that one week. And the doctors really didn't know what was was happening or what was wrong, but I was having these really crazy, severe symptoms. And immediately after the third time of going to the hospital where they didn't know what it was, I just knew that I needed to be in that environment of Dr. Joe's work, the deep meditations, and just like really go and, and do that that healing work. So I went online and there was a retreat happening two weeks later and I immediately booked it. The ironic thing about it is that that same retreat went on sale months prior, sold out within like two minutes because every single person that was there was like, they got their ticket right in the beginning of September, whereas mine, the, the you know uh, end of March or October when I had looked it up, there happened to be a ticket available and I just jumped on the opportunity and I went. And I would say that that was a first for me because I'd never really done that experience alone. And it was such a shotgun moment. And I want to explain what these shotgun moments are because it's really important, you know, when they come up that we're able to pull the trigger on them. Something in my soul called me to look at the website. It happened to be available. I didn't even give my mind a second to think about the cost of the retreat. I didn't even look at my schedule. I didn't look where it was. It's just something in my soul knew that I needed to be there. And I've learned to really trust those feelings when they're there immediately grabbed my credit card, punched it all in, pressed go, booked this. And then I just said, life's going to figure out the rest of the details. And from that shotgun moment and being in that room and that environment, so many other beautiful experiences came from it. And the other thing that was quite interesting was that the fourth hospital visit, 
So that was after my third, where the doctors were very confused of like what was going on and they didn't know. When I went back for the fourth visit and they did all the scans, they did all like the tests on me, out of the blue, the doctor came back in and he said, you're not going to believe this. I said, well, what? He says, we don't know how, but you're perfectly healthy. You're fine. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, we can't explain what went on and what the symptoms were, but we're looking at all the tests. I'm looking. He's like, consider yourself really lucky because we thought it was going to be this, 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 but you're completely healthy. And I actually somehow believe, like I believe it in my system that that conviction of that shotgun moment and just knowing I'm going to heal myself, I'm going to do meditation, I'm going to figure this out, I'm going to take control. Something happened within my system in that moment that opened up the space of healing in a sense. And for anybody who's curious about this, I highly recommend looking at Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and getting curious about how his body of work is helping others heal ailments in the body. I've I've seen, you know, even in that that retreat, miracles upon miracles. I saw people who were in wheelchairs like literally stand for the first time in 15 years. You know, there's there's such a power when you can get the mind and the body working together. I do believe in spontaneous permission and spontaneous healings. And I'd like to think that that shotgun moment and that conviction sort of led to a little peace of mind. Thank you. That's such a beautiful example of how powerful we can be. Mm -hmm. I've been following your dating journey in 2023. <laughs> and it's been full of adventures and fabulous men. What, what did you learn this year through the men that you dated? To be honest, okay, so I'm 36. I'm going to be turning 37 January 1st. So it's always a new year, a new age for me. And I have absolutely loved this season of life, of exploring, of learning, of embracing my singlehood, of really like dating myself first. I don't think I've ever experienced dating from this lens and from this perspective. And I realized that the partners in the past that I've had, you know, I had attracted them from a little bit more of that constrained place of like expectations and what dating should be and what relationships should look like, whereas there's a liberation in it now. I'm really experienced such beautiful relationships. And I hear women my age or like just women in general saying things like, oh, there's no good men out there. Oh, dating sucks or, oh, I'm so over it. And I just think, and I look and I tell them, I said, really? Really? Are you sure? Because like we're in the same city, we're in the same pool, they're in the same category, yet I'm having a totally different experience. And it is so elating and it ignites my soul and it's fun. And the mindset that I have around it really is that I don't know when I'll meet quote unquote the one or if I end up with a longer term life partner. So why not enjoy and celebrate and go all in on this, I call it my sex in the city era, but on the sex in the city area while it's here. It's like, I'm, yeah, I'm fabulous. I'm fun. I'm out. I'm dressing up. I'm learning. And I'm really noticing that men, and this is my perspective, men really want the opportunity to be able to step up like as a king. 
Men want that opportunity to step up as a queen and a king. And in order to do that, I've got to stay up here. I've got to keep my standards high. I've got to stay. i got to keep my queen, my queen ways there. Versus in the past, I was way more concerned about people pleasing and, you know, seeking love outside of myself and then bringing my standards down. And then the energy doesn't feel good. Whereas now I'm so much more unattached and fully present in the moment. And I've had some fabulous dates, but pretty much fabulous dates all year. It's been great. I haven't really had any bad experiences. I loved it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I can vouch for it. She really has. I've been living vicariously through you. I am not in the sex and sex and the city phase of my life. And I, I think it's so healthy and so alive the way that you have shown up for dating. Obviously, I didn't know you any other way, but it's just been it feels to me like it's been a really empowering journey for you um, that you brought a lot and really touched the people that you've been on dates with as well and ignited something in them. Fully. And the thing is, is that it's reciprocated through me willing to show up in my heart, be vulnerable, be open and keeping my heart open. Cause that's the one thing is that when we get hurt or when something doesn't work out, the reaction could be to close our hearts and build up a wall and go into those stories of no good men or no this or no that, but to actually have the courage to be fully present with someone, keep your heart open, allow vulnerability. The places you can touch through the reflections of a partner is beyond anything that I've, I had experienced before. And I'm really loving this season of dating because I've learned so much from the multiple men that I've seen, and they all have such beautiful gifts that with through each of these different guys, it's not like it's a lot, but you know, through each of these beautiful souls, I'm like, wow, like I didn't realize this before that that was important to me, or I really love this and I really love that. And it goes to the conversation that we were having earlier about you traveling to Columbia, of you going to that event in LA, it's like in your willingness to be open to different experiences, meeting different people, you're also going to get to experience more about yourself. And so what I found is I'm so much more conscious and so much more aware of the type of partner and type of relationship that I am like just so calling in and so open to have. And I wouldn't have known that had I not been open to the trial and error of this whole dating world, this dating experience. Thank you for being my friend, Polly. I've loved, I've loved our friendship. We're a year in and it's been fabulous. <laughs> an, an unexpected delight. I've really enjoyed sharing in your wonderful adventures, being able to be there for you during the tough times and the learnings, the highs and lows. It just seems like this year has been 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 one for a lot of people I'm starting to get it filtering through from past clients and people I know and I'm like huh we all had a kind of interesting year we were tested this year and I'm noticing there's this sort of optimistic sense going into 2024 there I can feel people saying like a lot of people are looking they're like okay a couple more weeks left of this year and they're just really looking forward to a new calendar year and I I have a sense that it's going to be really good. I feel like the initiation's been had. We're at a new place. We're here with a smile on our face, a smile on our hearts. And uh, I'm just genuinely excited to see what this new year is going to bring. Do you set goals? Have you got there yet? Are you still in creation mode? 
I'm sort of in a vision casting. Like for me, my goal setting is more of a sense. It's a feeling of what I notice and what I would love to create and what themes come through. So they're not specific numbered goals or specific, this is what I want, but it, it's more so a feeling and different desires. So the desires are taking shape. Obviously there's different travel experiences. There's different, um, there's different experiences that have sort of caught my eye and I'm like, oh, that would be fun. Okay. This could be joyful. Oh, this might be nice. So I'm excited to see how the moment meets me and how everything falls into place. Last year, I did what I call an intuitive vision board. So I just sat down for an hour with a bunch of magazines, no specific goals. And I just tore through the magazines, pulling out images that I was drawn to. So it could be some beautiful flowers, it could be an ocean, it could be something specific. And then I looked at them after and I reflected, I'm like, huh, what are the themes here? Ooh, there's a lot of femininity. There's kind of a slow feeling. And there's a lot of gold here. Interesting. What does that represent? So I allowed the images to speak to me. And then I arranged them in a way that was pleasing on a board. And I'm like, this is how I want to feel. These are the kind of experiences I want to have. And it's something that you'd look at and I'd have to tell you what it means to me because you wouldn't know to look at it. I'm like, well, it actually represents the coming together of the masculine and feminine and then igniting. But it was just that beautiful process of feeling into, feeling into what I wanted the year to feel like. I think that's so powerful for us as women. So beautiful. And it's almost, it's like art in a way. It's almost creating your masterpiece, right? Like I'm seeing your vision board up in a gallery somewhere and then having the artist there explaining, this is what the earth represents. This is what this evokes. This is what it's like a sensory experience too. When you create it that way, it's like you're connecting to the deeper desire of what you want to call in. So that's a great idea. I've done vision boards that way in the past and it is remarkable how they really came true. Like I, I, you know, I put all different things on it. I remember my very first vision board I did nine years ago. It was done sort of because I didn't know what a vision board was, but I did it in that same way, pulling magazines. And I'm like putting all these different pictures and it wasn't any representation of my life at the time. Yet a year and a half later, I found it and it literally looked like it was the life I had been living. And it was during that pivotal moment, that pivotal year that I went through my spiritual awakening and began traveling around the world. So like the initial vision board was when I was, I call her blazer girl, you know, in my real estate, living in my hometown, in my long-term relationship, in my white picket fence life. I did the vision board and then life completely shifted and I ended up on this global adventure. And it's, it's incredible when we actually write things down or get pictures, like we take it from just an idea to the physical world, how powerful that representation can be. So anybody listening, if you're, if you're, in, if you're inspired to do a vision board, we, I think we, it's safe to say we both uh, highly endorse it. That's why when you do it, you want to make sure you set the tone. You want to really like uh, go for a walk, get a tea, light candles, be in an elevated space and be really in that space of expansion when you go and do it. Cause you never know what you're going to call in. And that's the biggest block I'll see with um when working with clients when they're goal setting or thinking about what they want when we make it from the space that we're at sometimes we limit 
the perspective of what we have access to. So I think it's really important to, you know, shake up your body, jump up and down, put on your favorite song, you know, get dressed up to the nines. Even if you're at home alone, put on your makeup, like whatever you have to do to access this elevated feeling and then allow yourself to go and ask the question, like, if anything were possible, what would I love to do? How would I love to be? How would I love to live? What would life look like if anything were possible? And then from that space, go to the magazines. <laughs> Good. Get, to, get to work. Go and see what you're inspired from. I love that. I love that. That's such a powerful reminder to set the energy first, to activate ourselves into the most joy, the highest vibration, and then take action from that place. I would love to close with an intention. Let's each set an intention for the coming year. If there was a quality you could bring in, what would it be? Mm, I'm going to call in focus. Razor sharp focus. Why? Um, Because I feel like this past year has been really amazing. There's been lots of expanding experiences, a lot of saying yes to just really cool opportunities that have come my way. And now I want to, and I've sort of let go of the mind and there's been something really liberating about that, but I want to bring my mind into this expansion and get really, fo like it's to slight degrees, but a bit more focused on what it is I'm honing in on and what it is I want to create. I've sort of like thrown caution to the wind and like have let life move through me and I've I've loved it. I still want to move that way, but with a sharpened mind to create with more intentionality. Mm, yeah. As you're talking, I just see like a, a white laser beam. It's like taking all that energy, but almost supercharging it by how you direct it. Totally. And I want to help more people, you know, like there's all these expansive experiences and all these other codes I feel like I'm uncracking. And now I really want to focus into just channeling it in a way that's going to serve and help whoever I'm meant to inspire, help, be with, play with, like, but there's going to be that laser, white laser beam of the mind that's going to come through. It's going to make it happen. Yeah. What about you? Uh, so the quality that comes to me intuitively is magic. I think that we all benefit from remembering that we're magical beings and that's a quality that I desire to reconnect with in an even greater way, to tap into those possibilities and just to play with life and see what miracles I can create. One of my favorite affirmations is I constantly experience small daily miracles. And whenever I'm tapped into that space, I find that I can really activate that magic more. And I feel, yeah. I'm intending that we all bring more magic into our lives in 2024 and remember who we really are. Beautiful. I can back that. <laughs> I'm here for it, amplifying it. <laughs> Amazing. So it's been such a pleasure being in conversation with you for the podcast. How can people find out more about you? Yeah, definitely. I'm very active on Instagram. You can find me for my handle at Samantha Roberto, R-U-B-E-R-T-O. Feel free to say hello over there. Or you can check out my podcast, Hello Be Beautiful. There's an archive of episodes that are really, were really fun to record. And actually, when I get back to recording, we're going to have to do an episode over there as well. 
We'll put links to these in the show notes to this episode. So if you scroll to the show notes, you'll be able to see how to contact Sam down there. Check out her podcast and follow her on Instagram. Thank you so much, Polly. It was such a pleasure. And uh, I loved where everywhere that this conversation went, you know, to talk about boys and life and magic and the hard times. I can't wait. I'm just imagining a year from now, 2024, doing an episode again, being like, what does it have in store for us? Yeah. Was the focus, was the magic? Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Bye for now. So it's a wrap. 2023. Thank you for all of the gifts. Thank you for all of the growth. Thank you for the magic and the miracles. And thank you to you for listening, for being a fan of the show, and for being on this journey with me. I'm going to be taking a break for the month of January on the podcast, and we will return from the start of February. And I want to invite you to take a look at one of my favorite ways to serve. This program has been running for five years and I absolutely adore teaching it. The women in Thrive Beautifully light me up. The journey, the magic, the miracles, the shifts, the transformation that happens in this space is just incredible. So if you are a business owner, and you're looking to up-level, My Thrive Beautifully Mastermind is the place where talented, spiritual, and creative women can scale their businesses from 10 to 100K months. It's also where I teach how I've grown a successful company doing what I love, making a profound difference in people's lives, helping clear their blocks and up-level in a joyful and feminine way. This isn't just a business mastermind, this is a healing mastermind. This is a mastermind that goes to the root cause of your blocks and helps you create deep and long lasting change. My clients are doing things like hitting 10 to 100K months, scaling their online course to a six figure launch, hiring people in their business so they stop doing what drains them, working less overall and feeling more supported easily securing TV appearances, podcast interviews, and prestigious press features. They're expanding to new avenues in their business and personal lives. They're experiencing more fun and joy and feeling more abundant in every way as they grow more confident, more empowered, and more positive about themselves and their future. And they're not overworking, sacrificing their personal life, or chasing clients. Thrive Beautifully, the next intake starts February the 1st. So if you're already getting clients and making money in your business, but you want to take it to the next level, let's talk and see if it's a fit for you. The application with all the details, then the investment point and the link to book a call with me personally after Christmas is at thrivebeautifully.com. I look forward to connecting with you and helping you rise and shine. Now have a worldly abundant Christmas and New Year and a very good rest. See you on the other side. Bye for now.